Welcome to the Brain Gain Youngstown Leadership Series podcast. Each week, we'll learn from leaders who are driving change and making an impact. Now here's your host, the CEO of the Youngstown Publishing Company, Jeff Leo Herman. Today I have the extra special pleasure of introducing Mr. Bob Masaros. Bob is currently the president and CEO of Commercial Metal Forming. I learned an awful lot during this conversation. We went places I didn't think we'd go, especially delving into the notion of dad guilt. So for those of you that want to find out more about that or commiserate with us on that topic, then please give it a listen. We'd love to know what you think. Please enjoy this conversation with Bob. So Bob, thanks for joining us today on the Brain Gain Youngstown Leadership Series podcast. Good morning. Glad you're here today. You know, we're just going to jump right in, right? We've done a little warm up. Yep. But I really want to know, when you were a child, what did you aspire to do? What did you want to be when you grew up? Um, I think my, my childhood was really, really similar to a lot of kids in that generation. Um, but there's, as I thought about this, because this could be a really deep question, you know, and I didn't want to lay on someone's couch and try and figure it out. Um, there was a common theme in everything. Everything I thought about that I wanted to be, there was this common theme, help people. And so, you know, it, it was probably fairly typical of the late 50s, early 60s. Uh, first was Zorro. Right. And, um, you know, that stopped when my, when my mom grabbed my sword after using it inappropriately on her and it snapped my sword. So Zorro doesn't have a sword anymore, off I go. Then the Lone Ranger, and that lasted till my kid brother wouldn't be Tano anymore. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, I even, even for quite a few years, ironically, um, explored the priesthood. Um, was enrolled to go to Borromeo Seminary in Cleveland. Um, and, you know, thought that maybe that was going to be my path. But again, a theme of helping people. Uh, I think that came more from the European environment I grew up in. Being the oldest, you give your first son to the church. So there was a heavily influence of my mother pushing me with you know, giving me every periodical of missionary priests that existed. I was forced to read all these. But, but at the end of the day, in all seriousness, what, what it boiled down to was I wanted to be my dad. And what did he do? What was he was a football coach. He was a teacher. Then he got into business. Um, we, we grew up in my dad's old neighborhood in Illyria, Ohio, Hungarian, very heavy, heavily ethnic, mixed communities, very diverse. Um, taught you to respect differences in people and, and, and everybody in the community I wouldn't say it was hero worship but they just admired my dad mm -hmm. and it was because he believed that it didn't take a whole lot to be kind right right so that you know at the end of the day um, well, I want to ask a question about diversity because, by definition, America is a melting pot. Absolutely. And we've thrived on diversity for our existence. Do you think today's environment, um, we've gotten worse at, we've always been great with diversity, right? Historically. I, I, I think we have. I think where we might have lost our way is that instead of teaching kids respect, 
Um, and I, I don't know when it started, but I think uh, the lesson that was trying to be taught is you had to make up for past sins. And that doesn't help anybody. Because you, right. you cannot make that up. Yeah, right. Um, where is, there was mutual respect before. There was, there was you know, all this talk, not to get off on that, but there was this, you know, the nuclear family. Well, that was never even questioned. Right. Back in the 50s and the 60s and then the 70s. And then, you know, I, I participated in and, and went through, you know, the crazy 70s in college. But, but I, I think, yes, you're exactly right. That diversity has always been there. And to me, it's not, I don't want to minimize it, but if we start with respect, not someone's agenda, mm -hmm. not, not someone's group's priorities, but respect. That grows trust. That grows the ability to have kindness. Right. And that's what we try to emulate every day. I mean, that's the fundamentals of our culture and, and how we're wired. And our company, you know, the theme is leaders' leadership. We, we look for leadership. Everyone's a leader. Your, so well, your career in football, right? So you pursued, you were saying you pursued a career in coaching. Right, right. Following, yeah, ten years, to be your dad, yeah, following yeah, your dad's Ten years footsteps. at Miami of Ohio. Wow, and so that the, what was the, that program built upon? Was that the, that same focus on respect and helping the kids? Absolutely. I mean, that's back then. You know, you, you weren't making any money. I mean, today's ridiculous. Right. But you, you literally weren't. Why'd you do it? Well, you wanted to help someone. You, you wanted to pay forward. I mean, all these things sound trite, but they're tr they're true. You wanted to pay forward. You wanted to give a kid a chance that you were given. You, you, you wanted to thank the person that did it for you by extending that arm to somebody else. And, and all those deep values, uh, trust, respect, work ethic, mm -hmm. we're gonna give you an opportunity, but we're not gonna give you anything. We're gonna give you an opportunity. It's up to you, Jeff. If I was sitting in your home with your parents and, and your dad would say to me, so-and-so said he's gonna play as a sophomore. I would say, well, then I think you should go there. Because the only thing we're going to do is we're going to give you an opportunity. Right. You have to earn it. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that's some of the things where we've, we've lost our way. And my, my dad just dues to that. You know, God bless him. He, um, and it wasn't an easy childhood by no means, but, you know, I was the oldest. So mm -hmm. there were different expectations. How many brothers and sisters? I got two other brothers and a sister, you know. So, okay. uh, um, my my job was to take care of them. Was there someone you looked up to as a child? Absolutely your father. Other influences in your life, perhaps? Um, well, my faith. Right. You know, that's um, always been, fortunately, and we all come and go. You know, we go through those stages, but, but, but it's been always there. It's always been within reach. Um, so that grounded me, has continued to ground me. Um, Really, my dad. I mean, you know, I, I've had, had had these talks with folks before, and they, oh, come on, you know, didn't you want to be this pro baseball player, or this pro football player, or, or this politician, or you know, no, no. I mean, I I, I think about it often because he's gone, and uh, I always said to myself, 
if I could be half as good as he was, I'm going to be pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. And he probably wanted you to be twice as good Absolutely. as he was, right? That's why the, that's why the beatings uh, existed. <laughs> At least that's what he always said. You know? Right. He said, I, did, I wanted you to be better than me. So uh, I'm very fortunate to, ha- to have that experience. A lot of kids don't even have that experience today. Did you have a favorite leader? Like, do you have a favorite leader today? So, you know, you... Absolutely. I'm sure your career in coaching taught you a lot, right? And then how you transitioned in, into business. What, what kind of a motivated you to make the jump from coaching into business? What, what was that path like? Well, I uh, can remember, remember it like it was yesterday. I can remember where I was at. I was recruiting on the far east side of Columbus. Uh, kid that I recruited for two years. He made his decision from five to two. Who is it going to be? Miami or Ohio State? And, and to be able to be in the game with that kind of kid who ended up being all-conference captain, all-pro, and I stay in touch with him still. And um, Jeff Ulenhake was his name. And uh, 10 o'clock at night, called my wife. Of course, no cell phones. This is 1983, 84. And uh, snowing and said, hey, I'm on the far east side of Columbus. I'm heading home to Oxford. She says, great. I says, well, how was your day? She's great. She says, uh, we got back about 9 o'clock for Mary Ann's Christmas pageant. Mary Ann was in the fifth grade. Where was I? Recruiting, working. Yeah. So that, you know, threw me into, for about a two-year, really soul-searching. Mm-hmm. And am I being hypocritical? Am I sitting in your living room talking to your son about how we're going to help your son grow as an individual first, as, as a student second at Miami, and then as an athlete third. And that the choice he's going to make for the next four years is going to determine him for the next 40. Who are you fooling? So uh, fortunately, you know, I was blessed that Worthington Industries believed in hiring coaches and athletes because of some very common high-value things, work ethic, teamwork, and if you get knocked down, you're going to get yourself back up. So, you know, your original question about who might I from a look at from a leader standpoint, I would say, I would answer it this way. There's a lot of people I admire that I learn from, but the person that is ultimate without beyond a shadow of a doubt, is our Lord. Why? It's really simple. No one's love greater than he is. And after that, there's not a whole lot you need to say because that encompasses everything. So, you know, uh, Pope Paul II, phenomenal individual, helped all humanity. Obviously with football, Belichick, Saban, I know Nick. um, You know, unrivaled excellence. they do not accept average. And then from a historical perspective, I'm, I'm a Civil War nut, love Lincoln. I've watched, you know, that Lincoln movie probably 20 times, read Team of Rivals, which is my favorite book, probably five, six times. And, and the reason for it is that you see someone in their toughest moments dig down and true leadership comes to the forefront. Lincoln 
Lincoln dealt with things that we can't even fathom. Right. Um, and to me, they're great lessons learned. I, I, not embarrassed to say, I've never read a business book. I have no aspiration to read a business book. I, I want to be able to look at things that are real life examples and say, how can I apply that to myself? How can we apply that to make a difference in the lives of the people of our company? Mm-hmm. I have to circle back to something you said because I, sure. I I ended up asking you a couple questions at once. Which, that's okay. So I'm working on my interviewing skills. That's, that's okay. But this is a question, and this is a learning, and I've had to deal with the same thing for the dads out there or the or the mom, right? Yeah. Parents, parents that work. Yeah. It's so easy to get wrapped up in your career. It is. Externally thinking, I'm doing this for my family. Right. But there's a point when you can tell yourself that and convince yourself of that I'm never home I'm gone Monday through Thursday night or Friday but I'm doing it for the family and it's good for them and the money and the more you know everything's covered but then there comes a point where it actually becomes you convince yourself yeah and and it's it's not good for the or it's it's could be better you know what I mean it's, sure these are you know what do you have what are your thoughts well you're, you're, you're right on it is it is a great internal conflict I, I think the first step is what happened to me I became aware mm-hmm. and I mean we got married in college you know my last year coaching we had five kids and then we had a sixth uh, two years later so um, a, a really crazy great household um, and, and so when the awareness comes with the individual, then you have the choice. Leader, leadership is a choice. Everybody has the opportunity to lead if they choose. And, and we tell that to people every day at Commercial Metal Farming. And when we first started saying that 10 years ago, they look at you like, well, no, you, you got a title. No, lead, leadership doesn't mean anything about a title. Some of your greatest examples of leadership are from people that no one would even know about right stepping up yeah I mean those are the people that take action I shouldn't be sitting here you talk to some of those people on a shop floor like that um, and they probably wouldn't even call it that it's just the way they're wired so going back to the question on moms and dads I think it's tougher today than ever because of external influences and things being so fast but the one thing, first of all, my wife, we did it all through high school, found a Hungarian Catholic that was really good looking and wanted to learn how to cook. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't get better than that. Um, you know, th- that's part of the strength of being able to manage through things is that unselfishness. Her, her level of unselfishness is, can't be measured of, of what, because she's a mom and now grandma. Um, but I think what you do is, when, when you're aware, then you can manage. And so like examples of that, I've done this crazy commuting a lot in my life. I was a president of a company up in Detroit for Worthington, I had two kids in high school, and uh, three hours and 45 minutes from the plant, and I would leave at 3.45 to go drive back home, see a volleyball game, see a basketball game, get home at 11, get up at 3 in the morning, and be back in the office the next day. You know, people used to say, man, you're stupid. What the, what the hell are you doing? Well, I don't ever remember my dad missing anything. 
and what I've always vowed to our kids. And unless I'm in another country, I will, I will move heaven and earth to see you do whatever you're doing. Because that, that's, leadership at the end of the day is about the example you set. Right. You, you can home, read all these work, books. In yeah. your community. Exactly. In it's about the example you set. It, and people see whether or not that's sincere. Whether or not you're doing that when no one's looking. They can test it, right. It's, it, it's, it's observed. It's, it's easy to observe, really, right? I yeah, mean, it, very much. It's, and it's tangible. And, you know, you read those books, and there's a lot of great guys out there. Simon Sinek's a great optimist. I think he's brilliant. I love listening to his stuff. But at the end of the day, the theme always is coming back to he points to real-life examples. It's not theoretical. It's practical. It's applicable. It's tangible. And we, we made a conscious decision at commercial because uh, we do a lot of workshops and we do them, we create the workshop internally and they're very interactive. And we go away for a day. And we did one a couple years ago on, we posed the question. I said, what do we want? Do we want leaders or do we want leadership? And you know, you could say, well that, you're just playing semantics. Well, no, one's a noun, one's a verb in, in reality. Mm -hmm. Leaders means a few, leadership means everyone. Well, right? and it's tangible. Right. You know, you could say that this person's called a leader because, well, there's tangible things they do. So do you, do you talk about what this individual did or do you point to real life situations internally that are examples of leadership. So what our management team does is they have a journal, it's private, because just like the question you asked me about the young, the family, mm -hmm. awareness. So at the end of the day at the workshop that we ran, I said, Do, how aware are we? What, what's one to 10, what's the level of leadership? We talk about it, we talk about it, we talk about it, we talk about culture, there's, there's examples we can, go through, but how aware as a leadership group are we? So I handed out all of them small journals. I said, this is your journal. I, I'm never going to overstep my bounds and ask to see it, read it, whatever you share, you share. Um, but to, to be aware, to stop and breathe during the day and go, Jeff just mm -hmm. did It's this. the reflection time and it's documenting it, right? And then that, the impact. Yeah, right? we wanted to give them a vehicle, mm -hmm. the journal. We wanted to give them a vehicle to help stimulate, because we could talk about it and then they go back and, you know, for a couple of days they go, oh, th there it is, you know. But now you give them a vehicle that's sitting there. It's a choice, you can use it or not, Jeff. Mm -hmm. It's up to you. And then they see, this person did this, they, this person did this. And it's private to them. And then what do you do after that? Th then you go acknowledge it. Because just seeing it and documenting it isn't enough. Now you go acknowledge. Did you know what you did is what we talk about when we say leadership, when we talk about our culture? Uh, so, you know, it works for us. So awareness, observation, and then reinforcement. Right. Sounds like a, the right. progression. Yeah. Because if, if, if you don't see it through, 
how are you going to help it thrive? You know, you, you tell someone, whether it's our company, at your church, at your golf club, uh, hey, it's really nice of you to help that kid carry those golf uh, clubs out to the car because he didn't have an extra guy to carry, help carry the clubs. You didn't have to, you didn't have to do that. And, and our big theme is the little things make the difference. It's, you know, I mean, we bounce back and forth, and I think we do an exceptional job from a strategic standpoint. But I will tell you, we, we are constantly bouncing back to the little things. Mm -hmm. Is that what's encouraged? So your training and your development programs at Commercial Metal Forming, do you, how often do you have those training and development programs, and do they hit that consistent theme? We build on uh, where all this started was when we, we when the team that I brought in 10 years ago, um, we did it under what's called talent management. Um, don't you find it interesting that businesses for hundreds of years have had reviews of their employees? And I'd venture to say the purpose of the review was to tell you what you don't do well and what you need to work on. Well, that sucks. That, do you, Steve, do you think that sucks? Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. You know, so what, is there a better way? Is there a different way? So I stumbled on this back in the mid-90s, and um, we, we engage and people take tests on what their strengths are. Mm-hmm. So strength finders. finders. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you got five strengths, you got four domains, and um, we, we build our employee development from there. So we, you know, one of the workshops we do is, where do your strengths exist? And, and it's not sitting and it's painful uh, because we force people to think. Because I'm very content to sit there and say, here's the question and sit down. And everybody's spread out and they got their big boards up and it's like, you know, there'll be two people sitting there out of, we only do 10, groups of 10. And we're 40 minutes into this thing and they're sitting there. We're, we'll just wait, you know. The, tomorrow will be here. It, right. The patience is. It, you you worth have it, to. Right? You have to allow people to get comfortable. So there's got to be a high level of trust. But then they're peeling themselves off because they're sharing. I will tell you, we probably have had on the Strength Finders workshops thirty over time. You know because we get it all three facilities. There is not a workshop we didn't have that someone didn't break down emotionally when they presented. I mean, when, you, when you're willing to put it out there, mm -hmm. you, you create a different environment. Right. It creates and that's the space. same going back to sports. How right. many guys hug each other in a locker room and say, I love you, you know, and are crying at the win and crying at the loss, or they're crushed because they just blew their knee out, and you got all his buddies up at the hospital room saying it's gonna be okay. That same emotional attachment that we have in sports, that fans have in sports, that throw beer bottles at TVs, mm -hmm. there's an emotional attachment. We want that emotional attachment. And I, and I think it doesn't exist at every spot, but it grows. And, and you have to be patient and let it keep 
growing and reinforce it. And like you, you clearly articulated, you have to acknowledge and reinforce, acknowledge and reinforce. And you keep doing that, then it's live. We, we're redoing our website, and I put a very sarcastic comment on there. And it hasn't hit, because we're in the debate of Bob's Hungarian sarcasms, not appropriate. And under mission and vision, we don't have a mission and vision statement. And I said, companies put mission and vision statements right here on their website because they can't remember it. So ours is all about culture, a culture of helping everybody we touch be successful. Taking that human responsibility, it goes full circle. When you, you, when you asked earlier about you know, diversity, what's, what's changed? Respect, mm -hmm. respect. So, um, Sorry, I didn't mean to get off. You get me a rolling on this. I mean, you got to be passionate about this stuff. Right. You know, and it's not, we don't hand out books to read and say, you know, go, hey, self-help. We, we get, we have a saying, we get down in the mud and you get mud between your toes and in your ears. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. Right. Well, you create an environment, create a space where people can share. And if it takes a minute or 10 hours. I, I don't care. It, there is a breakthrough, right? And that breakthrough carries forward. Right. And, it's, and it sustains the way people treat each other forever. Well, when we first started, it was really interesting because at any of the three facilities, people knew who, knew who was going. And then the only thing I asked them is that you're sworn, sworn to secrecy. What, what happens here stays here until everybody experiences it. And so, you know, you'd have a group go back What crazy thing did he do today? You know, and uh, people were really good. They said, "You, if I told you, it would be unfair to you. You have to experience it." So they come in with that. You got that piano string pulled just the way you want it. There's a little bit of tension there, which is good because that's healthy. You know, your adrenaline's going, your heartbeat, respiration rates up. What's going to happen? And then you, they just dive in. Right. And it's magnificent. It, it, we're blessed. We're we're blessed that we can do these kind of things. And that our people are, are willing to, to meet us more than halfway and accept di different can look like something I've never thought of before. And, and it works. That's great. So I, I want to transition. This, these are all great learnings and great outcomes in the way in which you approach sure. leadership. I want to focus on mistakes for a little bit oh, man. because they're learning opportunities. But before we do that, I want to thank, take a moment to thank our sponsors. The Brain Gain is a collaborative effort, and we'd like to thank the headlining members of the coalition, including Sweeney Chevrolet Buick GMC, the Moransky Companies, and the Mahoning Valley Manufacturers Coalition. Also included are Farmers Bank Group, Youngstown State University, Eastern Gateway Community College, the DeBartolo Corporation, Cortland Bank, MS Consultants, and 898 Marketing. So we're back here with Bob. And Bob, we, we teed up this notion of learning by mistake. So have you learned by mistakes? Uh, every day. <laughs> I, am, I am the king mistake maker, you know, and that, that's the way it should be. And, and we encourage people, you, it's okay to fail. As long as you learn from it, you know why something happened, and you have thought about a course directionally of 
how are you going to change that behavior, change what you did, or change a process? You know, relative to leadership, I, I wouldn't say there was there, there's one thing that I just crashed and burned. I, I think, and it's an ongoing frustration. I will own it. I'll live up to it. And I can't necessarily get over it. I, I have no tolerance for people that just want to be average. Because a human being is then wasting their God-given potential. You know, they, they're willing to put limits on themselves. They reach a plateau. We were talking about this in a group last night, in fact. You know, that we're fine with this incremental trend. But then how do we, how do we help them make a little bigger blip? And it's okay to level off from there. Um, but my tolerance for average uh, really, really turns, <laughs> brings bad Bob up. Because mm -hmm. I'm not afraid to challenge. And one thing in our organization, we tell people when they come in here, listen, this isn't a company for everybody. We are gonna, we have expectations. We're gonna challenge you because our responsibilities help you be the best you can be. And sometimes that's painful. And the challenge is the challenge of the individual to make progress. Right. Within their context of strengths that we were right. talking about earlier. Right. Uh, when we do the talent management, you're not great at all five. So when we sit down with someone, we say, listen, you know, there's not evidence of this. Pick one. Responsibility. There's not, there's not evidence of this. You're, you're, you're really competitive. Um, you're, you're not achieving because it's not aligned with responsibility. You know, you're, you're really good at self-assurance because you are confident in yourself, but you're, you're not executing. So um, we try to not make it an opinion, mm -hmm. but where we can say, it goes back to the journal, you can pull from that, we can, real life examples. You know, the scale of one to seven. You know, hey, what, what am I? Well, you're a four. I think I'm a four and a half. You know, it, it's like, I don't know how, how business has survived all those years doing things that way. Um, maybe they had different purposes too. But um, the, biggest, the biggest mistake I make, by far, is that I gotta reel myself in when I see average. Does bad Bob do you do you explode or is it is it a well I haven't the, the, I, I guess it, they call it the the coaching voice comes out ah you know um, and and there's a difference in that um, the more upset I get I talk slower <laughs> so you know there's some pronounced things I'm trying to give people but but I don't I would say the mistakes in my 40s, even coaching, um, you know, because those are the days Woody Hayes, Bo Schimbeckler, I mean, I love Bo. Um, grab a kid's face mask, you, you, crawl, you crawl in his helmet. That's what we used to say. I'm gonna crawl in your helmet. And um, so those things I'm not necessarily proud of. They were effective. But, you know, you have to stay current. This is a different generation. I mean, I got people working for me that are younger than my kids. My kids are 45 to 33, and we got, you know, kids. 
love them. I call them kids, and I tell them day one, I'm going to call you a kid because it's an endearing compliment to you. Um, and I said, I want to learn from you. But by the same token, you need to understand this is the way we are wired. It's just not, it's not about Bob. We have, we have created a group of people that are aligned values and principles and are completely unselfish. How long did it take you to, to mold that group and to get that group together, you know, um, piecing different yeah. strengths, well, right? Strength finders, you, it's a puzzle, right? You lay different pieces of the puzzle together to get the full picture. Right. I mean, the first thing I did day one was very, you know, after the first day being here, the next day was the staff meeting with the folks from the other facilities too. And, and I walked into the staff meeting and I handed out 14 Strength Finders books. I says, go home, take this tonight, print out the results. Let's come in tomorrow morning, we'll talk about it. I said, that's it. You know, and it's like, well, what are you gonna do to turn this company around, you know? I, well, you know, that, that'll come in due time. I have to learn first um, about where we're at and what we need. Because if I don't, I just have an opinion. Opinions don't count. Right. So I'm a very fact-based guy, you know, very tangible, results-oriented, measure things. So I would say it, 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 it never stops, Jeff. That, that development of people never stops. We're not there. People get there at different paces. And as those people got it, then you use them as a resource saying, hey, listen, Jeff, go over here. It, it, can you spend some time with Mary? Because she's, there's, there's a block. It, and, you know, just spend, go to lunch once a week. Just talk. You know, not about business, but about what all this does this mean? Why are we doing this? And so as people got it, they, they become advocates, as, if you will. They, they are able to demonstrate, since the theme's leader leadership, they're able to demonstrate the leadership since the awareness is now there and they can execute and it's demonstrated that they can then help influence others. And then some people, you just gotta pull through the knot hole. You know, it's, yeah. pain, it's painful. So, uh, and then other people, you, you lose. I mean, it's, it's not good or bad. Um, it's just about a fit. It's, a, it's an alignment, right? Sometimes it, it just, it, philosophically, it's not a judgment. It's no. just you're out of alignment. Yeah, it's, it, you're not a bad person. You know, you, you, you're not, not going to church, whatever you want to say. You know, your, your mom loved you. No, your mom didn't hate you. You know, that kind of yeah. crap. It, it's just it's not a fit. And it doesn't make us better than them or them better than us. But all we know is the way we go about it within the confines of our organization is uncompromising because it's grounded in values and principles. And then after that, it's pretty much, you know, a free-for-all. Right. If you will, everybody's got, everybody's got input, but we got to be aligned in values and principles. And I... You know. Right. So once there is alignment, then the creativity oh, it just flows. is unlimited, right? I mean, yeah. It's, it just right. Get out of trust. Get out of their way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Trust is, you know, it's it's okay to fail. How are you going to get better? Right. You know, if you don't miss that block, if you don't throw that interception, you know, if you don't miss that layup, how are you going to get better? 
because those are the deepest learnings. Right. So speaking of getting better, I want to transition to the state of the Mahoning and Shenango Valley. So here, this region, right. the broader Youngstown market, you've been around, right? You've yep, 10 worked years. Yep. in many Columbus, yep. Oxford, Detroit, I heard. Yep. yep. You've traveled the world, right? You've yep, China. China yeah, many, many years. times. Yep. How would you, what's, what's your, what are your thoughts on the current state of the Mahoning Valley and our potential to continue our transformation? Like, what, are there certain ingredients we have we're not leveraging? Are there things we're missing? What do you think about that? Uh, I would make a couple comments. A, I, I think the valley's heading in the right direction. Um, there's great points of success that you can look at and leadership you can talk about. Uh, selfishly, I'm going to bring up one, but it's not even commercial metal for me. So there's a Juggerbot. Mm -hmm. Dan and Zach. Well, guess where Zach cut his teeth? Commercial metal for me. Right. Welding? He, he was welding part-time. We were putting in some new equipment. He was going to night school. Uh, we started talking to him. We brought him in as an intern uh, for a year and a half. Um, made a commitment. He came in, worked for us for a couple years. And then I pulled him out of the engineering group and said, what do you know about innovation? You know, so I know, you know, I, says, I want you to forget everything you know about innovation. Because I want you to help me drive innovation in this company. And the reason I told you to forget everything you know is you don't know whether or not it's appropriate for commercial metal forming. Great ideas, you know, that's where I think a lot of people fail, is they go, well, they did it this way. They did. It might not be appropriate. Great idea, make it appropriate. So what we did was for probably five months, we broke down innovation into what we thought was appropriate and then started having workshops to get comments from the mass. So he was our first innovation manager. And then he came to me and, you know, the rest is history with, with Juggerbot. And he was just on the news the other morning with the Tour de France mm -hmm. thing they did. So, um, so we feel like we're, we're helping, hate to see the kid leave, but man, who would hold them back? You know, who would hold them back? I mean, I remember when he came to me, he said, hey, listen, you know, man, this is getting tough. I'm, I'm, I'm working till one in the morning down there. I'm putting in, you know, 10 hours here. I said, how's your wife? Hmm. He said, well, you know, tough. Got to make a choice. You know, but I don't want to leave. You got to make a choice. It's a good thing. And... Um, so, you know, we feel from afar, ah, that's, there's one of our boys, right. you know, because you don't got to stay here to thrive. We, we give you enough to let you go and thrive on your own. So that's an example to point to rather the valley, the question. I go off on tangents. My apologies. I, I think we're heading in a great direction. I, I guess I think it's, I, I'm appreciative, I'm humbled that I get to do this with you. But there's people, there's everyday people that have great stories to tell. Go back to what I said about the journal. See it, acknowledge it, help reinforce it. 
you know, th there's got to be great stories out there. The, the mom, when I go past Ursuline High School, there used to be a daycare right there as you, you cross. And six in the morning, she's out there with her three kids, single mom, waiting for the daycare to open up. And then she's going to work. You know, w w one of the things I think sometimes that slows down progress is we think it's always up here, big picture. Mm -hmm. It's it's always what's what's the grand story? What's what's the golden calf that we're looking to build? It, and that doesn't necessarily create a passion and a movement. I mean, a movement down here of people that have great stories to tell, that have overcome unbelievable obstacles, that exemplify leadership, specific to leadership that exemplify leadership. And, you know, I'm no better than anybody else, but I, I can tell you this, you know, I, I make it a point, I'm in the grocery store. Um, I mean, this, you, you and Steve see this happen all the time. You're walking down the bread aisle. There's two loaves of bread on the floor someone knocked off. Pick them up. And you see some six-year-old six kid. Kicking them. <laughs> no, picking them up and putting them oh, in Oh, okay, yeah, all right. Get, get, <laughs> Get, and, you know, I get away with it because I'm, I'm an old, grumpy-looking guy with a funny mustache. So I'm not a threat. Right. But, you know, I get down on one knee and I go, that, that, that's leadership. I tell people that. That's a hell of a job. So the word leadership, literally you used leadership. Yes. Consi everywhere. Yes. The six-year-old at the grocery it, store reinforcing, yes. thank you for picking that up. Yeah. Thank you for noticing right. that that's valuable merchandise to someone. Right. And this store, and we just don't want to be wasteful. And you're setting an example right. for that 22-year-old kid with beats on and a nose ring that almost stepped on it and didn't bother to pick it up. It's setting an example. Yes, I if used to If he can do it, you could do it too. Why aren't you doing it? Right. You know? And, and so, yeah, because those are tangible examples. Instead of tapping him on the head and saying, oh, that's a nice boy. It's deeper than that. So, you know, because it's in all of us, whoever we are, leadership is in all of us. Go back to what I said earlier. It is a choice whether or not we're going to nurture it, let it grow, and then let everybody else catch it. Because that's someone, what we want. You're right. If someone's not part of a great organization like commercial metal forming, how does the average person find their inner leadership opportunity? Well, and what I'm suggesting is how do we, how can we encourage in this, see it. Right. And then do something, you know, put it in the media, put, hey, you know, here was Mary at the laundromat and, and she folded the clothes for this 80-year-old widow. And, and maybe I'm, you know, I get accused of looking at the world through rose-colored glasses. But I'm going to keep dreaming. Right. You have to. And if we don't keep dreaming, we might as well roll up the tent because it's over. And, and we want our people to dream. And what can you dream about? You can dream about some great things that are tangible. But you, you need to pay a price. You, you need to make that choice and participate in whatever way you can. So to close up, uh, do you have any inspirational quote or 
Any quotes, any favorite quotes or things you look to on a consistent basis? Well, I read a lot. You know, I referenced it earlier. So, you know, I'm a big reader in, in history, religious history. Um, from a quote standpoint, I've, I've had this since 1977, and um, it was my first year coaching. And we, we, we came off a really rough year, which was an anomaly at Miami. Uh, and we gave the kids a coin. And I've, over the years, found other ones that were like it and given them to my kids when they were at tough times in their life, giving them to the people. Uh, I was looking, I don't have one in my wallet. I thought, oh, that'd be good. That's, you, you, visuals, those are always good. Right. But yeah, it, little things make a difference. Little things make a difference. That's, to me, you know, I could come up with, try to memorize Simon Sinek, he's got great quotes, or somebody else, or Teddy Roosevelt of the Panama Canal with those poor souls, you know, that neither know victory nor defeat. Um, but the thing that's been really, really constant, that's a, besides my faith, that I look to when I feel like I need to be kind of get back in the lane. It's the focus on, it's the little things that make a difference. It's the little things. So we're gonna do something new here on the podcast. You're the first one. Oh Lord. So here we go. Uh, do you wanna issue a challenge to our community, you know, to our listeners out there? What can we do? Do you wanna challenge them? We, you know, we're, we're here to make progress. We're here to grow and evolve. What challenge would you offer, not demand, but offer to, to get people to? Uh... You have an opportunity to make a choice. Can you consciously think about recognizing leadership in the valley, in something, an action that somebody does, and then email it to Jeff? And, you know, maybe we could put this on LinkedIn, maybe you could put it in the paper, who knows? You know, what was the act? Uh, one of our folks, when we did the leader leadership work, uh, workshop, said, simple act of kindness. It's another way to describe it. Mm -hmm. But I would challenge, how can we all become aware that it's happening every day? Every at, day. At work, it's happening every day. I, I have every faith in God, it's happening every day. Every day. And, you know, and I can recite examples like crazy that we are now aware of how powerful leadership is and we've taken it out of the context of in business or in entrepreneurship or in economic development. All important, all important. But if it's not fundamentally there in the fiber of our being, this is a pipe dream. It'll never happen. Or if it does, it's a facade and it will crash. So my challenge would be, you know, send an email to Jeff and send them the details and let's see what how many of these examples of leadership we can, we can see right look for the kid in the grocery store the kid in walmart look for the guy stopping traffic at a crossing to make sure people could get safe in the winter times anybody get out of their car and help help a person who's in a walker you know um keep mcdonald's gift certificates in your car and give them to the homeless person mm -hmm. on the street. My wife's champion of that. 
She drives around Columbus with McDonald's gift certificates. I go, you know, it's not healthy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's something. But know? it's something. Right. So right. it's a choice. Right. If you want to make a difference in our community, which means every person, the life of every person, acknowledge it. So Bob, we've learned a lot about leadership today and you've made a very positive impact well, on thank you. this program. And we've called it the leadership series, but it simply worked out that way. Yes. But now it's much more intentional. It's leadership is that really matters. Yeah, I think that's because that's, those are examples. We learn by example. You know, great, go get books, read them. You know, I read a lot, but it's the example. It's because it stays with you. You, you should feel it, you know? When you, when you see that it's action. Visceral, yeah. yeah. Exactly, very visceral. Okay, well, thanks so much. Hey, thank you. have been you. very generous thanks. with everything. Uh, thank yeah, you. I, I'm humbled by, you know, having the opportunity. Thank you, it was very thoughtful. Great job, Steve. Yeah. And, thanks, uh, Steve. Glad he's here too, so thank you. Okay. Before we go, I'd like to thank members of the Brain Gain Coalition especially our great sponsors. Without them, none of this would be possible. So a big thank you goes to Sweeney, Chevrolet, Buick, GMC, the Moransky Companies, and the Mahoning Valley Manufacturers Coalition. Thanks so much for their support. And also, please follow, like, and subscribe to this series on your favorite podcast player. And if you have any questions, just go ahead and connect with me on LinkedIn, one of my favorite places. You can find me over there at Jeff Leo Herman and send me a message. I will see you next time. I'm growing up in this life and to the human that I need to be. I know that I am not alone. I'm brave. I got what it takes. 